0: I am
1: I'm a Port Harcourt boy that's Nigerian singer Duncan Mighty Proudly proclaiming its roots in the biggest port city in the Niger River Delta. Hello, Georges Colinet with you on Afropop Pop Worldwide from PRX. This edition, Hip Deep in the Niger Delta, a story of war, oil, and the power of music in Nigeria, past and present. <laughs> Duncan Mighty honors his Port court roots But like so many musicians from the Delta Finding success meant leaving the region for the capital, Lagos
2: Entertainment is no longer working in Port Accord It used to be the center of attraction Everybody, no matter where you were People love coming to Port Accord Because we have everything here then But because of the militancy, the fight and Everything started shifting away Go back to Lagos, Calabar, wherever. You see them organizing big shows. But those things are no longer happening here in Port because of all these troubles.
1: That's Frederick Rex Lawson, grandson of Cardinal Rex Jim Lawson, one of the greatest high-life stars of the 1960s and also a son of the Niger Delta.
3: Rex Lawson's music had the power to envelope you or possess you. He was the champion of indigenous music, using indigenous materials in high life. And his philosophy could just educate east or west, north or south, the way that he was approaching humanity and God. That's
1: Professor Onye Mompa, the Rex Lawson Chair at the University of port arcourt and our guest today. In between the rise of Rex Lawson and the era of Duncan Mighty, Nigeria experienced the Biafra Civil War and a series of governments allied closely with oil companies working in the Niger Delta to enrich a small elite. They polluted much of the Delta in the process, most famously the once beautiful and fruitful Ogoni land. But, as historian Mark Levine points out, there is a hopeful side to this story.
4: The Movement for the Survival of the Ogoni People is one of the few indigenous communities that ever
1: actually pushed out an oil company from their region. And as we'll see when we visit Ogoni land later in the program, musical activists there continue to strive for a better future. But first, let's go back to 1960, the dawn of independence in Nigeria, a time when a bloom of high-life music mostly from Eastern Nigeria was the pride of West Africa.
5: Koyu don't mutu ni kang, ete don't mutu ni kang damaka yao. Imado mutu ni kang dami kaya don't don't Oh, we must have been done. I am. not am. I I am. I am. I
1: I I Nigerian highlife Legend Cardinal Rex Jim Lawson I'm Georges Collinet With Hip Deep in the Niger Delta On Afropop Worldwide Major support for Afropop Worldwide Comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities
3: And the National Endowment for the Arts Rex Lawson meant so much to not only the Nigerian populace but to the entire West African sub-region. Rex Lawson sang many pieces in different languages, especially the Calabari languages, using Calabari idioms. He was quite visionary, very creative, very innovative. It was an illustrious Niger Delta sound, an illustrious Calabari sound, an illustrious River State sound. Cardinal Rex Chin Lawson. A
1: ringing endorsement from Professor Onye Nwampa. Rex grew up in Buguma village in the region known as Calabar, near Nigeria's eastern border with Cameroon. That's where as a child, he became well-versed in the region's traditional
3: music. Here in Nigeria, music is used for various events. Church activity, social activity, the farming season and the harvesting season, them giving ceremonies, birthday ceremonies, these would all have music, yes. And so, as a child, you are naturally involved in music making.
1: Out our court, we met Princess Lawson, Rex's oldest daughter. She was just six years old when Rex died in a tragic road accident in 1971.
6: I don't think there is another person like him on this earth. He was a great man. Sometimes I feel I was supposed to meet him, to know him more better. That vacuum is still there. You know, the pain of not knowing my dad. And we met
1: Princess's son, Frederick Rex, a popular DJ in Port Harcourt these days.
2: A lot of people just heard the name Rex Lawson, but they don't know the mystery behind him. He was born in a polygamous family, and from his own mother, all the children she gave birth to died. So his father refused to take care of him. He was afraid if he would die also. Um, The name given to him, Rex, he called himself Rex. His name was Ere The
6: father refused to name
2: him. Meaning in Kalabari language, don't give him a name. He's not worthy of any name. Mm. That's Ere Kosima. But he called himself Rex. While Lawson is the compound's name. His mother gave him to a church. He grew up under a church. He left Buguma just to continue his education at Bacana. That's where he learned how to play the trumpet. So after some time, they did not see him again. They thought he was dead. Then he moved to Ghana, from Ghana to Kemero, before coming back to Nigeria. When he came back to Nigeria, a lot of people don't understand where he was coming from because of the language. You know, all this area was under the Eastern region then. The Nanja Delta was not known. A lot of people don't know that a tribe named Calabari and
1: As Frederick says, despite their rich culture, Calabaris, along with other Riverine people of the Niger Delta, were not well known in Nigeria. But that would change. High life was booming in the early 60s, and Rex, having played with a number of top bands, was about to become one of the biggest stars.
3: Following the end of the First World War, Second World War, the servicemen came back. And many of them came back with Western instruments, brass instruments, uh, marching band instruments and so on. <laughs>
2: that made them crowned in the king of our life. Fela was Fella also part of it. Mm-hmm. Victor Laya was there, Vi- Victor Waifu was there, Bobby Benson was there, top musicians then. And everybody has his own style of singing, but his was so different from the other person. After they must have played their own, he came up instead of playing his normal trumpet, he came out with this native drum and he was playing before the rhythm of the music started. Wow, everybody was, that's the winner. There's no need to argue it. Right? that's how they crowned him the king of. And that
6: was where they called him bishop. The eagles gave him bishop. <laughs> yeah.
1: Rex Lawson was called pastor, then bishop, then cardinal. People joke that if he'd live longer, well, he'd been pope. He was riding a wave of popularity in the heyday
3: of high life vinyl records on the gramophone. They were buying them, they were playing them. You start a tune before you know it, everybody's singing. The music was talking about the events of the society, social, political, religious, anything. It was just picking every human folly, you know, even human condition. Like there's no condition that is permanent in this world. You can be a rich man today, tomorrow you become poor. You can be a poor man today, tomorrow you become rich.
2: He, sang, Ibarikuruwa. he was telling his mother's elder sister that I'm at Onisha now. I'm here to make money. Please wait for me. And after everything, she died. He said, Why didn't you wait for me? You died without waiting for me. That was the message. Auntie <laughs> Auntie
3: in Rex lesson, you will enjoy very many things. One will be his stage presence. Two will be his trumpet motive. Three will be the thematic structure and the simplicity of the melodies. Even if you do not know that, you will just sing along, and of course, a section that you will reserve for just percussion only. The Western instruments will not play just purely African instruments, nothing else.
1: And most of that percussion was played by Anthony Odili the last surviving member of Rex Lawson's band. We were lucky to meet him and to hear him play in Port Harcourt.
7: They call me Papa Tony Odily. This year, I've just started my 90 years. I've played music 69 years. I came from a very poor family. At 20, I left secondary school. We're still under British Empire Day those days. I was so young, my father died. He was even against me playing music. But my mother said, my husband, leave your son. You don't know his destiny. And that is my destiny until today. I play drum set, play other instruments, but I decided to play this African percussion. Rex Lawson came out with a different branch. He played here, played here and gained his knowledge and came back and formed his own band. We team up together. He made first record under Philips' Nigafuno studio on Nature, 1960-61. I am telling you what I know. I'm the only man living today. My colleagues, are all late. I am not happy that I'm living, but we all were not born the same day. We will not die the same
5: day.
1: Rex Lawson with Tony Odilee
7: on percussion. Rex was gifted. He picked us and we selected blessed musicians. Faithful musicians, truthful musicians. We don't do rehearsal. One thing with him, he likes to buy shinappos. British not be our Nigerian dream. He will start to sing. He will now call the rhythm guitarist. I am singing, just back me. This is how we do our records. He's a gifted man. Take it from me, he's a gifted man. I've not seen any band leader like Rex Lawson in my life. 70 years, I played that conga. Nobody like Rex Lawson.
1: Princess and Frederick talked about many of Rex Lawson's famously philosophical songs, like this one, Damu no Wenibo. He
6: was telling the people of the world that what kind of evil is in the world now. That people are so much in evil that they do not even remember God again. That is asking God to come down and save the world. Don't
3: religion there is ascribed not to the God and Jesus that the Christians would project, as I understand them, but religion in relation to God, the creator, and then other deities who are subservient to God. It's not talking about Christians, not Muslim, no, no, no. His music would not be a barrier to any other faith. No, it would not be an impediment. He's talking about you as a child of God, God and humanity. Aha! Uh-huh.
1: Later in the program, we'll hear a high-life concert Afropop recorded at the Okrika Waterfront in Port Harcourt, with musicians from different generations, including Tony O'Dilly and a young singer-songwriter named Howells G.
8: For all the musical listeners, I love Reson more than all of them. You know why? One, the Resource songs are very short. I'm talking about the lyrical content. It could just be a verse and then horns, beautiful horns. And so each track has a message like E o oh, so is saying that everybody has his own day. If today is my day, why are you angry? It's a very short message that, okay, if somebody is succeeding, let him succeed. Your own turn to succeed will come. So you should not grumble about someone's success.
1: The lives of Rex Lawson and his peers and everyone in eastern Nigeria were radically disrupted in the late 1960s by the Biafran Civil War historian Mark Levine.
4: We're talking about Biafra where two to three million people were killed, whether starved to death or massacred. So this is one of the biggest genocides of the 20th century, somewhere between the Armenian and the Jewish genocides, bigger than Cambodia. It's really an unimaginable scale that is hidden now. We can't see it unless you're going through the jungles and you see ruins of tanks or airplanes. But almost 3 million dead in the space of three years in a relatively small area with a much smaller population, say, than Syria has today. We don't know what that means to experience something like that because none of us in our lifetimes in Europe or the U.S. You know, look what happened to us after 3,000 people were killed
3: This is an area that really touches one's emotion. I was a little boy at the time, and my town had to fall to what we called the Vandals. The Vandals,
1: otherwise known as the Nigerian Army. Professor Nompa spent most of the war as a child, living in refugee camps. But in the years since, he had time to reflect on the larger conflict.
3: The Nigerian-Biafra war was, to some people, the war of genocide. To some, it was a war to keep Nigeria one. To some, it was a war of liberation, a war to preserve the Christian religion. Some people will say that it was a war for the Igbos, that the Igbos wanted to secede.
1: The truth is, oil, money, religion, ethnicity, and the egos of elite leaders all played their roles. Like any civil war, the tragedy of Biafra cannot be reduced to a single cause.
3: But let's go back. The war... as a result of a coup that took place in 1966. At that time, Nigeria was divided into regions, and each region was under the leadership of a premier, and some premiers were killed. And they took that as something that was masterminded by the Easterners. But it was just a few majors who wanted to stop the bad governance of Nigeria, something that has not left us till today. And so, Northerners went after Easterners, predominantly the Igbos, and there was a pogrom in the North. These events, far
1: from the Niger Delta, began a horrifying cycle of violence in Eastern Nigeria. Looking back, Princess Rex Lawson's daughter sees her father as something of a prophet.
6: You know, and he speaks about some parables about things to happen in the future. And all those things he talks about, most of them have come to pass. Like the evil of the world. He said children will kill their parents, and the parents will kill their children just for money. And all these things have come to pass.
3: The killing was still continuing, of the easterners, and the not; They'll just kill them, butcher them, put them into train, and ship them, ship their bodies. It was such a terrible sight. Pregnant women would just go butcher them, remove their unborn babies. It was a bad, bad way to die, mutilating human bodies. And, and then Ojuku said, well, if we don't feel secure in our own country, maybe it will be best to now ask for a different country where we can protect the indigenous of the country. That was the Republic of Biafra military governor Ojuku, leader of the Republic of Biafra.
1: For 30 months, there was death and starvation in eastern Nigeria. As Mark Levine told us, it was a war of genocide. When it was over in 1970, many things had changed, including the allegiance of Rex Lawson.
3: Was on the side of Biafra. Rex Lawson played a highlight music that was called "Hell Biafra.
5: Hel Biafra."
3: But when Port was quote liberated by the federal might, he played a piece that was called "Gowan Special." At that time, Gowan was head of state. The Nigerians
1: won this war in part with the divide and rule strategy. Yakubugo I created new states, including Rivers State, granting it a kind of autonomy. That's the liberation Professor Luangpa refers to. Now, you might think Rex Lawson changing sides like this would be controversial, but apparently it was not. For the people of Port Harcourt, statehood was a way out of this awful war, and Rex was simply reflecting his times. Here's go uh,
5: yeah. <laughs> <but>, uh, yeah. <laughs> on, on, on yeah. special <laughs> hey, hey,
1: The Biafra War had far-reaching effects on Nigeria. For one thing, it changed popular music.
3: In Lagos, the pure high life was, to a large extent, dominated by the highlife stars in eastern Nigeria. Musicians who were now confined to the war area. And then the West, the Yorubas, went back and developed Juju music, Apala music, more of their own native indigenous music. After the war, musicians started to build their repertoire again and playing things like uh, happy survival. One uh, musician you need to note is uh, Eddie Ukwedi, who played a wonderful music of reconciliation named Happy Survival.
0: Happy Survival Happy, survival. happy, survival. happy survival. Survivor.
1: In an upcoming Afropop close Up podcast, we'll explore today's resurgent Biafra movement, a disturbing
7: development for war veterans like Anthony Odili. We should not go back to the past. Today, I'm hearing some boys, hey, Biafra, Biafra, may Christ forgive them. They should go back and ask their living grandfathers, those who saw the war will never pray for the war to come back. Let us pray for peace. Let us come back and unite.
1: Anthony Odili, the last surviving member of Rex Lawson's band. Coming up, music and social activism in Port Harcourt and Ogodyland and live Highlife circa 2017. Visit Afropop.org for much more on this and other Hip Deep in Nigeria programs. I'm Josh Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. All right,
0: somebody say,
5: Yeah, yeah. Ah. Ah-ha.
1: We're standing at the Okrika waterfront, one of the poorest neighborhoods of Port Harcourt, awaiting an unusual event, a free public highlife concert. The setting is an open-air performance space called The Shed. We'll get back to this concert a little later, but first, some background on this fascinating city. Here is our principal guide to Port Harcourt, a true friend of Afropop.
9: I'm Michael Omedemore. I grew up in Nigeria, went to my mother's school. My mother was English but moved over here when she was 22 with my father, who was Nigerian.
1: Michael is a filmmaker and a producer of the Oscar-nominated documentary The Act of Killing. He's also an activist and director of a community organization based in the dense, makeshift waterfront communities of Port Harcourt. He came here in 2009 to make a film about the oil industry, but it turned into much more than that. Michael showed us historical maps of Port Harcourt and the Delta. Those maps tell a sad story.
9: The violence of extraction and the social violence of segregation is inscribed in the plan of the original city. So this is the native quarters, the squat type barracks that were made for the junior civil servants and for the police and for the workers. This is a map from an archive in the Netherlands, ostensibly drawn by a department of a newly independent Nigerian agency, the director of the Geographical Survey in 1962. But if you look in the other corner at the legend, you can see that it was compiled from air and ground surveys by Shell BP, Petroleum Development Company. So the map of Port Harcourt is literally drawn by Shell.
1: A massive influx of people from other parts of Nigeria flooded into Port Harcourt as a result of the oil industry, swelling the city's waterfront communities. Their informal dwellings were built on dried bricks of muddy earth, known as chikoko.
9: Chikoko is the fibrous mud from the mangroves. It's very dense and loamy and People travel with canoes into the mangrove and they cut it into blocks and they pile their canoes with it and then they bring it back to shore and over years they pack it, let it settle, pack it, let it settle, and then they, they build on it.
1: Chicoco is also the name of the organization that Michael, along with Ana Bonaldo and key members of the Okrika waterfront community, now direct. Chicoco is a training ground for filmmakers, journalists, musicians, city planners, so many things. They've built a performance space, the shed, a radio station, a recording studio, in fact the music in this segment of our program was all created by young members of the Chikoko family, including this jingle for Radio Chikoko, soon to be the voice of the community.
0: Are you looking for news sport and, and entertainment? Then go nowhere, cause you want to Chikoko Radio Chikoko. If you're looking for a station to take your stress away... Oh, no wait and go, go nowhere.
1: It is almost impossible to describe the challenges these waterfront dwellers face. They comprise the workforce of the city and many of its students and yet, they live in unofficial dwellings without electricity, sanitation or running water. In 2009, the previous governor of River State actually tried to bulldoze these neighborhoods with no plans as to where the Residents should
3: go.
0: I'm gonna spank your ass, you don't try me. Hey, come, come here. Come here. You don't try me, man. I'm gonna break your ass. I'm gonna break your ass. You don't try me. You don't try me. Get out of here. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break you.
9: Port Harcourt is a city in the creeks, and along all the creeks that fringe the city, you have these very dense waterfront settlements. We have maybe 49 waterfronts around the city, nearly half a million people live in them, and all of them were declared for demolition in, in 2009.
1: Michael first came to Port Harcourt to document these forced evictions for Amnesty International. He wound up staying and founded Chicoco. Chicoco activists ultimately rallied local residents, and together they managed to stop the evictions. Conditions have remained desperate, and the locals, especially youth, are brutally preyed upon by criminals and corrupt police and military.
10: They behave like ex convicts, like people that have lived in prison for years. They are not happy, they don't want to see you happy. They just like this wickedness. They show you Arab. In Nigeria, we call it Arab when someone oppresses you or makes you feel bad. They're in uniform, they wear boots. You know, they're just like people that are going to chase some robbers, But they don't chase some robbers. They'll just stand on the street and wait for you to come out. You might just be walking with your friend. They'll just slap you. Where are you going to? Where are you going to? Yeah.
1: That's St. Mercy, a young lady from Port Harcourt, and a gifted singer and rapper.
10: I hear voices, yet all I see is kept silent. Police brutality and politics that cause violence. I hear sirens, ambulance with dead bodies of the minors. After we vote, they stop to mind us Wash their hands off our case like Pontius pilot. Propaganda and lies, now they use by These men don't see us Not only we, they see them Yet they say that we need them Our money, they sweet them All these things, now they make me vest quick They make us promises and when they win, they forget quick Make the young ones think of death quick The system is sick
9: if you look at the videos and demonstrations, events, we started seeing that music was important. Actually, there was a lot of music. There was a lot of singing. And we started thinking about the relationship between music making and movement building. Then Mark came along. Like, here's the song. Would you like to record on it? And they were like, what? OK, what is it? Felakuti. After kids were
4: like, who's Felakuti? You need to know who Fela Kuti is. And here's the song. And they started singing the first take they just came up with this new chorus and they were just singing about their lives and it was beautiful
0: Attention like it's in ball of virus Throwing up more peace signs than SARS the virus How they never put you in the system It's messed up It's young ticks. Never teach you That in the cycles Anybody who know me know I'm a gang so I got a gang And I'm a stop plus Oh, uh, I'm the n***** tell you how you be And if you say you know what Glee, We'll go for you go green to give us lights. Want to give us right. want to give us this me want to give us that Got me want- Don't
11: it. want to keep us lyrics
1: want to do this thing? We don't
9: want to No, Agreement. We had noticed we had a lot of people with wonderful voices, lots of talent, but there was a real absence of urgency in the music, a kind of disconnection from lots of the issues, and we just wanted to create a space in which people could reconnect with actually what was important to them. Musicians earn money, if they earn money, by playing for politicians or businessmen. It's the classic patronage model. And another reason is just the culture that goes right across from prosperity, preaching, to the culture of bling. Like People just want cash. There's so many spaces where there is really nothing but ostentatious displays of wealth.
1: St Mercy was lucky to have a mentor at school, a music teacher and producer who helped to hone her skills. But she told us it was during the year she spent at Chicoco that she really found her voice. Here's a song she sent us since our visit to the Delta. A collaboration with producer IBD.
10: Not every man can survive in the streets where I come from. Don't know by heaven, I know hell, cause I was raised in a dungeon. I've been to the fire when I have even praised the storm. Been to the point where I thought maybe I should raise my guns. Not every man can survive in the streets where I come from. Don't know by heaven, I know hell, cause I was raised in a dungeon. I've been to the fire when I have even raised a storm. Been through the point where I thought that maybe I should raise my guns, yeah.
1: That's powerful, and you can hear this entire song and more of the music in this program in the Niger Delta Mixtape, available at afropop.org. St. Mercy says she doesn't listen much to the big hip-hop and Niger pop artists out of Lagos.
10: No, there are better underground rappers here that are not known. They sing, you know, sing a reality in their songs, but they are not known because the market is not interested they want you to sing about the girl. Just be up. Don't come down. Don't don't wash your dirty linens outside. I guess that's what they call it. It's Bobby Base Peace. Little
11: bit, yes, sir. You
0: know, well, so see, are you ready to sing for your people? Call me the
1: This is Soxy, another local artist in the Chicoco family. His name checking waterfront neighborhoods. Bayalsa, Okrika, Abuja, living in the creek. One day at the Chicoco shed, we met the rapper King DRE, a young man with a sad story.
12: My name is Andre Derry, best known as King DRE. That's my stage name. I'm a rapper and a mapper as well, and training Chikoko
1: Chicoco radio. That's just me. Andre started out dancing and singing in church. His dad used to sit him down and get him to listen to Fela.
12: So whenever my dad wants to play Fela Kuti for me, I'll be like, Daddy, you have your time to play your own. Then in an hour, call me back. You play Michael Jackson for me. I don't want to listen to Fela Kuti. He's not dancing, you know? And I have interest in dancing. So we're having problems then. Most of the times in the morning, I'll oh, see, Daddy, you play your own in the morning. In the afternoon, when I'm back from school, I want to watch Michael Jackson. You know, that's just the. <laughs>
1: that's
12: <great>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, these days, Andre has his own little boy. And he makes his son listen to Nigerian singer songwriter Asha. But back then, Andre fell in love with hip hop, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem. He started rapping in church, but it didn't last too many restrictions on language and message, André's artistic awakening came with the sudden death of his father.
12: He wasn't sick. Actually, it was two weeks after I lost my granddad, and I came down to Potaco to meet with my dad. The following day morning, after washing his car, he left the house and he went to church. On his way, coming back from church, uh, there was this truck that bashed his car from the back, and he fell off the bridge. and,
1: and Andre wrote a song for his father, one he says he can't perform without the emotion overwhelming him. But he gave it a try for us.
12: (sighs) I wish he had... Beef that day I never washed that car oh, I wish I got you mad And you didn't got to go out I wish you had a fight With mama Maybe stumble And fall When having your back Maybe break your leg, leg Or something
0: uh-huh. So been i alone Starving a coffin With your eyes closed Damn Six feet low I love be Dad I swear I won't cry no more Need no worries God's gonna Take care of your boys. Remember when you used to tell me Was the flashing in you But when I stare at the mirror I see was me. I never knew what that meant But now, now I do Cause I can feel my heart be popping the stars on his booth, cause you was my dad, my friend of my mentor. What kind of man so peeps could break her next ball. drop Robbie from a dash on my air to, to the bottom of liquor. Just to say that I love you. I
1: you Andre so Derry, aka King D R E, with the song Everyday, written for his late father. Like Saint Mercy. André is also well acquainted with the violence and criminality of the waterfront but he says that's not the whole story.
12: I was living in one of the most dangerous waterfronts in Port Harcourt which is Abuja Waterfront. People get scared to visit that place really. There you find drug dealers, you find different kinds of personalities there. It's more like a safe heaven for for criminals like the government would put it. But there are still good people there though. I lived there but I managed to live a positive
1: life. There are a lot of good people there, believe me. André and St. Mercy have a lot to say about life and art on the Port Harcourt waterfront. Visit afropop.org for more. One place the good people of Port Harcourt gather often is the many, many large churches throughout the city. We are hearing a high-life gospel band playing for thousands under a stadium-sized tent on a Sunday morning at the Omega Power Ministry, OPM. During the three-hour service we attended, the pastor high on scaffolding above the crowd exhorted them to repeat his words, in this case, about the people you should meet and those you should miss. Everywhere you go in port Arcourt, you see billboards promising success by grace, achieve greatness, indisputable victory, five nights of glory, seven days of covenant renewal, feast of miracles crusade, on and on. These so-called prosperity ministries hold out tantalizing hope to the hopeless. What we saw at OPM was actually a literal mountain of
3: cash passing from congregants To the church. People down here are committing more of their challenges and their problems to God in prayer. They are praying with the hope that God, one way or the other, will change the thinking of the powers that be. It's agonizing. People have been living a chain of human sorrow, from one government to the other, from one government to the other. But churches do support their communities. OPM is sponsoring student
1: scholarships and also the first 40 participants in an ambitious new program called Trigger to Guitar. The idea there is to lure young people out of cultism and into music. So are these churches aiding their community or hurting them? Well, you decide. Now let's join producer Benignier as he leaves Port Harcourt to venture into the delta region most affected by oil extraction, Ogoni
13: Land. We left town early to the sound of roosters and warning doves. Visiting Ogoni Land can be dangerous, and our plan was to get in and out in a single morning. Hip Deep scholar Mark Levine was along, and he knows the territory well. He'd arranged for a young hip-hop artist, MCK, to meet us along the road and guide us into the region called Gokana.
3: Hello, MCK? Yeah. Danny, nice to meet you. Good morning.
5: What's up, bud?
6: Good boy.
5: How are you? I'm
4: fine. The Niger Delta was one of the most diverse and important Biosystems on Earth. I mean, it's on par, or it was on par, with the Amazon. We would never see that now because the vast majority of it is simply gone. Ogoni Land is a territory along the Niger Delta that has been inhabited since time immemorial. These are very strong traditional communities that have a very vibrant culture. The river supplied everything. They were fishermen, they were farmers, they also had industry, they were trying to modernize themselves, and they could have. But then the oil industry started and almost no care was given to the environmental consequences because these people didn't have a voice anyway. Anna! <laughs> You're welcome.
8: Uh, yeah. I, I saw your car going, yeah. so I took off from where right. I was staying, to right. so go and quickly come and meet right. you. Yeah, good Mm. to
13: meet
5: you too. (laughs) Thank you very much.
13: Thank you. Chief Eric Doe showed us the ruined fish farm that used to feed his community, the abandoned home that he and his family used to live in, and the river denuded of mangroves that used to provide shelter for fish and other aquatic life. For him, there was one clear culprit, shell oil. Shell came here to explore oil
8: long ago in the 50s. And right from then, they have not changed their pipelines. Where I'm facing now is Pumu oil field. Then where I'm backing now is called Bodo West. These are two oil fields owned by Shell Petroleum Development Company of Nigeria. And these two oil fields, their pipelines are overaged, and they fail to replace the pipes. And because of that, it has been corroded, and there have been series of spills. Honestly, to clean up this environment is not an easy task. Very difficult task to clean this environment. It requires professionals, just as they clean the Gulf of Mexico. But what SHARE does is to look for local contractors that doesn't have the capability of cleaning. For example, look at this pond. Instead of giving money to an international firm capable of doing this kind of job, they will give peanuts to the local contractor. Divide and rule system. That is what is killing our Nigeria. And people are unable
13: to tell them the truth. There is one group Chief Doe believes can tell the truth. Musicians. That's why he gathered a group of local rappers and singers to meet with us. Top of the list, MCK.
8: January money, you know, people were expecting payment of the compensation due to the 2009 speed that emanated as a result of equipment failure. So the whole community people were optimistic that they would be paid a huge sum of money that they will use in developing themselves. So MCK now sang the music January Money. The community people should wait. By January, when she was going to pay some money, they'll enjoy the money in a very good way. But when the money came, it was pay out.
11: My name is MCK from Bulo Suri in Gokana, local government area. I was a fisherman because my father left me very early. I decided to be a musician because I want to send a message of what is happening in my country that is affecting the poor people and affecting the youth. I cannot go to the government and tell them, but I can say this through the music and people will hear it.
3: for me, everybody,
13: In the ruins of Chief Doe's family home, we also met a local Rasta reggae singer named Tumsi. Young Artists also have another mentor, a veteran Ogoniland journalist named Aloy Kenham, a.k.a. Iron Lee. He told us what lies behind the violence now plaguing Ogoniland. What is
11: happening in Ogoni today, violence-wise, is alien to us. It is mostly one community rising against another, particularly due to famine issue. That is, I own this piece of land, I own this one. That is boundary problem. And I have also discovered as a journalist going around, one of the things that promotes violence is idleness. 80% of youth in Gokana and in Ogoni have nothing doing; They are not doing
13: anything. Idleness. This is what Chief Doe points to as well. If you give the youth of Ogoni land no opportunities, no support, no choices, you can't be surprised when they choose criminality. But as both the chief and the journalists say, they could choose music. Music remains
11: the most powerful instrument to solving situations. Music, that is true music you reach anywhere in the world. Ask people to calm down, they will calm down. When you want them to rise against a certain situation, they will. I'm asking them to look at those problems that are facing us and highlight them through music. Yes, sir. Through the music, tell them, hey, we voted you. Bring the account. Why did you spend this? And that's why my music will also focus. Yes, sir. Not the dread. Mina Rastafari.
6: Blessed. Jia guide you. Salasia. Jia Rastafari.
13: Shell Oil and the Nigerian government want to blame a lot of the environmental destruction on young local men who tap the pipelines and steal the oil. But Chief Doe says government contractors actually encourage the tappers. When they bring their contractors here, they are the people deceiving the community boys, telling them what to do and make money. I'm telling you. And if you doubt that, consider what happened to the militants of the early 2000s, the ones who helped drive oil extraction offshore, leaving all this devastation behind.
4: At a certain point, the government just decided it was cheaper to pay them off and a lot of these big militants, the so-called pirates of the Niger Delta, who were kidnapping lots of oil workers and tapping the lines, changed from their fatigues into nice suits, went and bought homes in the outskirts of Abuja, and are living like kings there now, and they've left the Delta, but all the boys that they ran, so to speak, were without income, without patronage, and now they've taken over perhaps with the aid of officials from Shell, Nigeria, to continue tapping the oil in an even more environmentally destructive manner and selling it on the open market where it goes throughout West Africa and, as some claim, all the way
13: to Europe. We need to be clear that Shell works hand-in-hand with the Nigerian government, and their shared neglect of local communities is part of a longer history of neglect in the Niger Delta. But Chief Doe and his people believe musicians can play a role in turning things around.
4: Music has traditionally been the way people communicated with power. You know, in the traditional communities that today comprise Nigeria, the musicians were the one group that no one could touch. They were like the fool, you know, they were the jester, the tricksters. They were the ones who were allowed to speak truth to the chief or the king or the leaders of the community. And when the leaders of the community got too out of line or too rapacious, it was the musicians who spoke to them and they couldn't touch them because if they did, there would be a revolt. And in a way, I think it's quite interesting that even though someone like Fela was, you know, beaten, tortured, imprisoned, He still wasn't killed. He still was allowed to act, whereas Kansaruiwa was framed and then hung.
13: As we left, the musicians gave us a taste of local tradition.
1: Well, we've heard about a lot of tribulation and suffering on this program, but there is something else we heard often in Nigeria. And perhaps Professor Nwampa said it best.
3: Do you know what? Nigerians are wonderful people. I've never seen a people that in the midst of suffering, they're still smiling, going about their businesses as if nothing is happening. Amazing. Amazing.
1: And in that spirit, we leave you with music Afropop Worldwide recorded live at The Shed on the Port Harcourt waterfront. Musicians young and old took the stage, including Anthony Odili on percussion and a veteran of the Rex Lawson tribute band, Isaac Onate on guitar. For more of this concert, visit afropop.org and check out our Niger Delta mixtape. from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art and PRX affiliate stations around the US. And now more than ever, thank you for supporting your public radio station.
8: Go,
1: go, 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 go. Wow. Thanks to our hip deep scholars, Onye Nguangpa, Anthony Okoro, and Mark Levine for their help with this program. Fireball. And special thanks to Michael Wemedimo, Anna Bonaldo, and the whole Chicoco family for your music and your fantastic dedication and spirit. Visit afropop.org for interviews and a mixtape to accompany this program. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research and production for this program by banning air with help from Sean Barlow. Join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Michael Jones. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richman, and I'm Georges Collinet.